Hello, and welcome to God is a Dad podcast. I'm Justin, I'll be your host. In a minute, I'll be joined by my friends Dan and Jake, and we are three dads, occasionally joined by our wives, who are trying to become better parents by looking at the way that God parents us and then trying to parent like Him. Today, we're going to be talking about the question whether or not loyalty is a good thing, and then from that, whether or not it's a value worth spending time and effort and energy instilling into your children. So we're asking this because Dan, we were texting with Dan last week, and he said, this is something he's been thinking about a lot lately. He's been trying to figure out what to teach his kids about loyalty, and so we thought we'd talk about it and see what we come up with. So one thing you need to know about our show is that we are not here, uh, I guess, to teach people how to be uh, the right way to parent. More so, we are just trying to have conversations with friends about how we parent and how we think God parents, and then trying to grow and think and learn from those conversations. So that's what we're about. Hope you enjoy. Let's go ahead and get started. I did a quick Instagram, like one of those polls on our stories or whatever, asking people if is loyalty a good thing? Is like, is it a good value to instill in your kids? Yeah. Uh, my question is, what do you think the, the percentage split was for people on Instagram that thought, yes, it is versus no, it's not worthwhile? Uh, 80, 80, yes. 20 now. I'd go maybe 90. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it'd be pretty high. No, it was 50-50. Almost that wow. almost even. It was like 52-48 or whatever, you know. Wow. Within, within sti- 50-50 within statistical error. Wow. I was really surprised. And Nicole was like, Nicole, Nicole heard that and she said, oh, that's a millennial thing. Like, that's got to be generational. Like, she thinks our parents' generation loyalty is a big, is a big thing, you know, a big deal. Right. But she said that she thinks that a lot of millennials don't feel are kind of anti-loyalty or not anti-loyalty i guess loyalty is not not as big of a value for us for some reason yeah. generationally that's interesting i thought i thought i swore it was it was gonna be like super high yeah i thought so too just because just like loyalty like without any context you would just say oh loyalty good yes that's funny yeah so the reason why i have the question is i've usually viewed loyalty as when you're a kid, like dogs are loyal, right? And so you're like, oh, like loyalty obviously has to be good, or I don't know. <laughs> I just hear like all these kind of like surface level, like, oh, you're a friend to this person, you should be loyal, da 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 da. And then like as you grow up, you know, there's just like different phases in your life or in your friend's life, and so you realize that your values have changed or your friend's values have changed. And I felt like as I was growing up, I felt a sort of guilt, I guess, for not staying in touch or not not being loyal, quote unquote, to my friends, even if they were like making very unwise decisions in their lifestyle. I would feel like I need to stay connected to that person. And maybe in college, I was like, "Uh, I don't really understand it. I don't feel like. God's really loyal. I don't think God's like super loyal. I mean, he's willing to send his son to save the world, but he's also willing to like let people, you know, perish if they don't believe in their son, his son, which doesn't seem like very loyal. Like it, mm-hmm. it's, uh, that doesn't seem like, I feel like a loyal person is like, I will roast in the fire with you. Like I will sit here and like join this fight. Like, I'll get beat up because you said something to this huge guy. And now, like, now you've got to have friends who back you up. It, do, it just doesn't make, <laughs> much, it doesn't make much logical sense to me. 
So, I mean, essentially your, your question, is your question just like, is loyalty a virtue? Period. Full stop. Yes. Yeah. Is loyalty a virtue? And um, obviously, like, is loyalty a virtue or is it more like money or fame or success or something where it's not it's not that bad? It's not good. It, it can be good in some situations and bad in others. What what's your definition of loyalty? Because could, couldn't I make the argument that Jesus is the ultimate like example of loyalty? Because he does defend us. We're we're super weak. We don't deserve his grace, his mercy, his love. And he comes because he's so loyal, because he loves us so much and he defends us and dies for us. Like that that's a pretty loyal move, right? Well, I would say loyalty is the act of sticking with somebody regardless of whatever they do so i knew that we were eventually or early on gonna gonna have to define it i i looked it up on in the dictionary just just so you know uh the dictionary definition on google was giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or institution yeah so the primary motivators for jesus i feel like are love forgiveness reconciliation faith probably why the reason why i have this question is loyalty seems to me to to be like a step beyond those things sticking it out just because you feel like you have to stick it out sure you can be loyal to your brothers and sisters but if one of them puts your child at risk by driving drunk or something with them then i feel like loyalty is continued acceptance almost of that person where love says I love you as a brother, sister. This can't happen again. We're not going to allow you to, to be, maybe around my kid or something until you get your alcoholism under check because you endangered my child. I just feel like loyalty goes beyond bounds. Kind of, I guess maybe. So Game of Thrones, right? You have. Have you read Game of Thrones, Jake? No. You have, right, Justin? No, you only read the first book, right? Yeah, I read the first book, but that's, yeah. You know, loyalty is a big thing on the battlefield with with fighting wars. And they would always talk about swords running away in the middle of a fight. Like mercenaries? Yeah, they're just getting paid to to fight this battle. I feel like if you were a loyal mercenary, you would stick it out in the battlefield and you would die. Even if the tide of the battle had turned i don't i would not understand the mindset of somebody who would be loyal enough to stick it out in the battle even if it's like setting yourself aside for something that goes beyond maybe what people would define as the good aspects of loyalty love Mm -hmm. kindness like to me it, it almost doesn't even i don't even know that anybody is ever loyal like it almost seems like a made-up concept in my head because the motivator doesn't make any sense to me. I'm no. doing this because I'm loyal. Uh, what? You're doing it because you want you want to love the person. You want something out of the person. You There's like always some ulterior or intrinsic factor that is apparent, I think, more than just I want to stick around this person. Yeah. So with that, though, the thing that I think people are most loyal to or that that it makes me think of a lot is obviously, you know, interpersonal relationships like friends and family and stuff. But also when I think of loyalty, I think a lot about patriotism, loyal to a country, like like you're saying, like these the like the the soldiers, whatever, like really what they're they're fighting for a king. Right. They're fighting for a country. 
uh, king and country. And I think that's where like maybe the virtue, the virtuousness of loyalty kind of comes from this, from that, like that roots of culture where it's like you fight for your country and plenty of men and women are, you know, serving our country and putting their lives on the line. And I think a lot of them would describe their choice to do that and, and for them to, to enter like a, the battlefield and potentially lose their lives is they would be saying like, I'm serving my country because I'm loyal to my country. And even if they were to get captured or something and be tortured maybe for information or to sell, to sell, you know, their country down the river kind of like they wouldn't do it perhaps, perhaps they would resist the torture uh, and not, you know, give information that could compromise their comrades or whatever because they're doing it. I think they would say probably out of loyalty. So to me, that would be a situation where someone's doing something, and it's definitely against their their base self interest. But they're doing it because it appeals to this higher ideal of loyalty. Would you say that, or, or does that make sense? No, uh, it makes sense. I would say that the that the factor <laughs> no. would be that they love their family, love their country, believe the cause that they're fighting for, trying to do good in the country that they're in. Or So you wouldn't define all of that as loyalty? Yeah, I just don't understand, I guess, mm-hmm. loyalty as a definition. Because I think if you were to ask like a soldier, I w- would think that he wouldn't say because I'm loyal. I would think he would say because mm-hmm. I care for the country, because I respect the presidency because I care for my brothers in the field. I would assume that there's a more specific and pronounced motivator than I am loyal to my country. So wait, uh, so going back to Justin's uh, original question, what, was there anything that like went on in your life that actually brought up this idea where, where you were, where you thought loyalty is just a made-up construct. <laughs> it, just, uh, it, it just seems like a funny thing to, to think about and to come to that conclusion just <laughs> randomly. Yeah, so Anna's got a friend who does what I would say is loyalty, and it is attractive. Uh, it's like an attractive kind of like full stop i'm not going to give up or i'm not going to um turn away from this person like i'm going to stick it through through thick and thin and i think that she would define it as loyalty to me it seems like she just really cares about her friends and so like she's willing to be there through thick and thin um but i the word she used was I'm a loyal person and it was really attractive, but the more I think about it, the less I see loyalty as the, as a thing and more like love as just a really audacious love for people as the lifestyle choice versus loyalty. Mm -hmm. So the interesting thing that I had, that I thought about that was when I was like thinking about like whether or not loyalty was good, and just trying to figure out if it was a virtue at all of any of any worth or if it was just this medium thing that could go either way. So I was then then asking myself, well, what are virtues that I'm sure are virtues that, that I'm sure are good? OK. And I thought, well, what about faith, hope and love? Right. These three things remain. <laughs> yep. I was like, well, surely those are all virtues. But then I was actually like, well, <laughs> well, faith, <laughs> uh, if you have faith in the wrong thing, like if you put your faith in a false god, that would be called idolatry. If you have hope in something that is not like deserving of hope, 
right? Then you just have a false hope, which would be also a bad thing. And then I was thinking about love and I was like, well, you know, the Bible talks a lot about love of money, loving something other than God is in, you know, worshiping essentially is, is bad too. So mm-hmm. all three of those things that I was like, those are for sure like the three virtues that I would say, you know, scripture sort of seem to honor above all others. I was like, well, actually, <laughs> when they're not directed towards God in some way, then all of those can actually be twisted into something that's not, that, that is actually kind of a vice and not a virtue. Uh, so then I was kind of like, well, I think, I guess what it seems like to me that that person, what would spawn that type of loyalty like you're describing, like sticking with someone, is sort of a loyalty to God and his ways, his values and his wishes, sort of his commandments. Because I think probably what this person believes or anyone who would be loyal to that would would feel like God wants me to stick with people through thick and thin. He, he wants me to stay by their side. He wants me to, to be with them, to support them through hard times, through bad choices. Because like, like Jake said, that seems to be in a lot of ways the example that God sets for us. Like certainly God is not loyal to like an individual person, right? Because like you said, he would send them <laughs> to, to be apart from him forever, perhaps, which doesn't seem like a loyal thing to do. But yeah. ultimately, I think God would be loyal to kind of himself, I guess, or like his his holiness and his righteousness and his good choices or whatever, which then would inspire a lot of the things that you're talking about. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I think it's like, it's just seems one step removed. I would not describe God as loyal. I would describe him as consistent. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fair question. Like it, it just always seems one step removed from the actual... Are you talking about just like loyalty for loyalty's sake? Like someone being loyalty just just to be loyal? As like that's like the end all be all, like the highest pursuit? Uh, that's what I think loyalty is, is loyalty for loyalty's sake. Because in oh. any other situation, y- you are doing it not because of loyalty. In any other scenario, sure. you are doing it because of faith or love or self-interest or... Yeah, I get you. If you're doing it for loyalty's sake, then I feel like you... It's not a virtue. My ultimate example of loyalty is bar fights. That's my ultimate example of loyalty. <laughs> like, you know, have you ever been a part of a bar fight, Dan? I I have never been a part of a bar fight, <laughs> okay. but that just seems to be the classic. Like, because I'm your friend, and you said this dumb thing and got punched by this group of guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in and start fighting, even though you might have been. The big jerk. It's like in uh, Goodwill Hunting when they, after they get their burgers and they're driving past the park, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, exactly. character is like, "Look at that guy! We're gonna go fight him!" And Casey <laughs> Affleck is in the back, and he's like, "Dude, I just want to eat my burger." <laughs> yeah, that's my exactly, conception yeah. of loyalty. Is like, it doesn't matter. You, mm-hmm. you're yeah. with this crew, so you, you're a part right. of this this thing. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's almost like your allegiances determine what's right and wrong. They determine yeah. morality, and so because yes. Matt Damon wants to go wants to go get in a fight, then that's what's right. It's not it's not subject to any kind of higher moral compass. It's just your friends want to do this, or the people you're loyal to want to do this, or your country wants to do this. Therefore, the right thing to do is stick with your friends, country, family, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I think we can say pretty definitively that is wrong, right? I mean, that's yeah. not that's not the way God wants anybody to act or work, right? That seems like a pretty obvious one. I mean, not it's not obvious because it is loyalty is seen as like this 
this, I, I would say it's portrayed as a virtue, uh, something that is to be held in high esteem. So I understand why there's why there's confusion, but when you put it like that, I think it's pretty clear that that's not true, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious. Like, let's think of an example. Elliot is I don't know, ten years old. He's going to school. He has a friend, and the friend I don't know brings uh, a porno magazine to school. He shows Elliot. Elliot comes home, talks about it. I I'm more curious of. How, how do I teach my son to be quote-unquote loyal or, or to be a witness to him, to show him the love of Christ, to be an influence in his life, but at the same time recognizing the potential harm in sticking with a person who is clearly not walking in the right path? So I'm, I'm pretty curious about, about those ty- types of decisions because that, that's come up in my own life. Uh, mm-hmm. where I've had people close to me make pretty bad decisions that have directly affected me and me trying to struggle with that, with God, with them, and saying, God, how do I show them love? But at the same time, show them love in a way that's, that's hard and letting them uh, sort of succumb to their own consequences. Yeah, it's a great question. I, yeah. I'm really curious what your answer is because I have – Maybe along the same timeline as you, Dan, I have thought about myself dozens of times in my life that I am just not a loyal person at all. I'm one of the least loyal people that I, I mean, like I just am not, I just don't, I don't value it at all because, because I just see the the truth of God and, and his will as the only thing worth being loyal to. And so if someone counteracts that or contradicts that in any way, then I'm like, well, my loyalty to you is is abandoned because it's it's ultimately in submission to my, I guess you could say loyalty or or submission to God, but I think that I've gone too far, perhaps, uh, <laughs> because because there, you know there, 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 <laughs> there is a prudent balance to strike, you know I think I've used that sort of as an excuse I've used God as an excuse to cut people out of my life that just make my life harder, <laughs> or that burden me in some way. That's not something I want for myself, and I definitely don't want it for my for my kids either. You know, because it, it's harmed relationships that I that it wasn't really a question of loyalty; it was a question of I just don't really want to deal with this. So right. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell myself that I'm being I'm submitting to God, and this person's not following in in God's path or whatever. In some way, they're counteracting counteracting what what I think God wants is what I'm telling myself at least. Yeah, and so then I just am done with them, right? <laughs> but re- in the reality, like. We know that in, you know God is the most He's the most stick it out being in the universe, right? Like he, from from day one, that's all He's been doing with with His people and His children is sticking it out, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. and not cutting us off from from Himself at least at least permanently yet, you know. And He always comes back and He always has a, He He's always there when when we want Him to be. So I'm yeah I'm kind of curious how uh, how that that balances out because I've gone the other way too hard for sure. Mm. We we're working through tattling right now with our kids Mm. and it is, we have started giving consequences to our kids because they tattle on their brother or sister. Mm -hmm. Their brother or sister could be literally crying, saying, I'm sorry, holding the other kid's arm while Eli runs in and says, Eli, dad, Ella hit me on the head with a baseball bat. And I'm like, Hmm. Did you talk with your sister about it? <laughs> but but it really hurt. 
Mm, do you think that she meant to? No. <laughs> you know, and then you, we start to have a dialogue about it. I'm like, what do you think your sister, how do you think your sister feels about hitting you on the head as she's like sobbing right next to him because she's worried about mm. it? Which isn't the same thing as loyalty, but I think it comes with a lot of the same tattling versus like handling the situation yourself. Kind of stems into that role, but not even real. I don't know. I, I think it does. I, I think that's a you pretty see where good. I'm going. I don't yeah, have that, a yeah, that's a pretty good like practical example for me growing up. Like, tattling was a big indicator of if someone was going to be loyal to me, mm. <laughs> you know, if they're, if they're just gonna sell me out or rat me out to, <laughs> to the authority figure. Then I was like, man, I don't really want to uh, attach myself to this person. Because I think over overarchingly, we we understand within ourselves pretty early on that we are going to make mistakes, <laughs> that we are going to be pretty flawed in life, and so we want people there that will stick with us, that will say, "Hey, I see you even despite your flaws, and I'm willing to be in there with you." Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that to me sounds like then. <laughs> What do you what do you think about this? Like, so Elliot's friend shows him a porno. Right? I also like, can can I also say that I dated myself severely by saying porno magazine. Porno magazine. <laughs> <laughs> I realized after I said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in 20, 2019 right now. No one no one has pornographic magazines. Oh my gosh! Didn't I see that Playboy stopped printing or they stopped putting nude photos in their in their magazine? I, I feel think like I read that. I saw some headline about that recently or something. Yeah, for or some not reason, recently, but... I think they, they tried to and then uh, it backfired. And so I think they, oh, okay. they put it back in. I don't know. Oh. I was going to say, so maybe even the porno magazine is no longer, but, but it sounds like it still is. <laughs> <laughs> so, is the, so is the answer then to that quandary to be the type of person that will say, well, no, you, you're violating my higher code, so I will do what's right in the higher code. But then... If you're if you're still willing, I guess I'll still like be your friend, or I'll still like stick with you, or I'll still support you through it, or you know I'll still kind of be there for you. Is it possible to tattle on someone and then still stay with them as a friend or as someone who supports them? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. The bigger the consequences, the the more loving it is to quote unquote tattle. I I would say. <laughs> I would say that only after you have that conversation with the person. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like that's kind of our thing is like if you have the conversation with the person and they don't change, like if Eli doesn't care at all that he just punched his sister and Mm. he's like not apologetic or not receptive to hearing that that wasn't something that was good. Then we, we give our kids the go ahead. Mm, like, hey, yeah. that's not tattling anymore. That's this is a situation where you're hurting and you need you need help. Mm. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I like that. Yeah. The thing that we have said to our kids about tattling is James is the big he's the big tattler kind of because he's sort of in control, I guess. No, I guess I, I shouldn't say that. They're they're both tattlers. <laughs> uh, they're both tattlers. But I feel like what I end up saying to James, because he has a little more control or a little more power in the in the relationship, is what I want him to understand. Uh, what, what was the example today he did? Today, 
James made some. He's in like a cooking after school program. And so for an hour they go and they make pastries or cookies or whatever it is. And so he made some. We we went to the gym to do a little exercise and then we were going home and I told them we're going to eat these at dinner, like these little pastries. They made like pigs in a blanket today. I said we're going to eat these at home after dinner because they're really good and we like them to eat their, you know, not as good food first. I don't want to get full. And so then I'm driving and then Cameron like starts to eat one. You know, he grabs one and starts to eat one in the back and James is like, dad, Cameron's eating one of the rolls. And my response to him, and this is usually our response to, to them, is we like we really want them to feel like they're on the same team, kind of. Mm, yeah. Uh, what I would say to him is like, I'm like, James, it's not your job to get Cameron in trouble. It's your job to help Cameron make the right choice. But his instinct is to, Cameron's doing something wrong, I want to get him in trouble. I want his instinct to be, Cameron's doing something wrong, I want to help him not do something wrong. Mm, mm-hmm. That's good. If they see each other themselves on the same team, like if they're a team of brothers, then James will look at his brother doing something wrong and say, what can I do to help him not do that? You know, <laughs> And then if Cameron doesn't listen to his help, then that's a, a good sign that it's time to tell mom and dad. right? If he's tried to help his brother not make a bad choice, but he keeps making a bad choice, then you can come quote unquote tattle right? or tell on them. But then it's not really tattling because you actually are concerned about like your brother making the right choice. Yeah. And then you go to your parents and you're like, hey, Cameron's not making a bad choice. And then our question to him would always be, you know, well, what did you do about it? And then if he said, well, I told him not to, but he didn't listen to me, then I would say, okay, well, yeah, now, now the parents need to be involved, sort of. Mm. And that's a framework that I think is, I mean, I really like it. I don't know that it's actually working because <laughs> they just don't see each other as on the same team. You know, they just, they, for some, what is it about kids? They just like getting their sibling in trouble. I don't know why it feels so good to them. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but yeah, that, that's our approach. That's so interesting because my kids, it's always with the other one. The issue, it always happens because the other person is affecting themselves negatively mm, yeah. uh it's it's always like yeah ella took this or uh she wouldn't let me play with this or he hit me it's always that mm-hmm. uh, we've had very few few of those scenarios which is really interesting yeah uh, that feels like maybe an older younger sibling thing because sure. cameron does never cameron does never do that to me to, to us he's always doing the thing that you're saying where like james is hitting him you know mm. and then our response is well what did you do about that cameron and yeah. usually yeah. if he says, please stop, then James stops, you know, <laughs> but he never really? does. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, man. Our, yeah. that is not the case <laughs> with our kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I say usually it's, it's some percentage over 50%. It's not a hundred percent for yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it might be 51 and you know, it's a half and half kind of thing. But yeah, I would say usually if Cameron does, like we've kind of trained him to, to, to please stop, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but Cameron so often just whines and then runs and tattles. He doesn't mm-hmm. try to talk about it. Like James is doing something. He doesn't say, please stop. I don't like that. He just runs to us and tells, tells us when he does though, wh- like if we hear them fighting and we, and we kind of let it go on and we see how they're going to handle it. If Cameron ever actually is calm enough to say, please stop. Then James actually will. He's pretty, he's pretty good about that. But Cameron almost never gets that point. <laughs> uh, so have you guys seen examples where, uh, instead of like inter sibling disloyalty or conflict what happens when there's a third party involved and someone's picking on the brother the sister 
does does that natural like family loyalty come into play and the other sibling comes to defend their brother or sister like on the oh, that's a good question so yeah, i haven't man. seen that we hear stories of like kids on the playground doing whatever and it's more so like it's more emotional support at home oh yeah that that classmate's always mean or that classmate's they like fixate on like these three different classmates and they're like, oh yeah they're always they're always mean but they have like this little dialogue where they agree with each other about certain peers and then they like have a little conversation about it and then that's that but i don't think they like step up for each other in the playground cameron and james are they're almost two years apart but they're only because their birthdays they're only one grade apart in this school they have one of one of their two recesses overlap and so Cameron really likes to play with. He only likes to play with James's friends. He doesn't like to play with the kids in his own class. Uh, <laughs> we've tried. We've tried to talk with him and say, you know, hey, Cameron, you can play with your own. You know, your own classmates, and it's okay. You don't have to always play with James's stuff. Whatever. He just doesn't like to. So, whatever. But we were a little bit, you know, concerned about that because I don't know. Sometimes the older brother doesn't really want his younger brother around or whatever. Kind yeah. Of. But I don't think he's to that age yet. James is where that's a thing. Um, so the only story we've heard about that was one of James's friends was telling Cameron at some point early in the year, you like you can't play with us or something. Like, we're playing a game and I don't want you to play with us or something. Mm-hmm. Just because he's younger. He didn't want to mess with the, the young kid or something. Uh, and James's response was, okay, well, I'll just go play with my brother then. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which I thought was really cool. I, I was a little surprised by that. And so they did. And then the next day, like they just ended up playing with them and the camera plays with them almost every day so it kind of sorted itself out that's it's, cool yeah it, was, it, yeah it was really cool uh i don't think it was like a big deal i don't think james necessarily felt like he was sticking up for his brother i think he just he just likes him enough <laughs> that he was like well i i guess i'd rather if i had to choose i'd just rather play with my brother yeah do they ever stick up for each other when you are the sort of the third party enemy mm. so to speak no <laughs> yeah yeah, I think that, that, is, that has definitely happened to me. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think it's happened when, like, usually if there's kind of a misunderstanding, mm-hmm. like if James can tell that I'm like not liking something Cameron is doing and I'm confronting him about it, but then James can tell either mom told him something that I don't know about and then he'll, James will kind of interject and be like, but no, but dad, mom told him this or whatever. Or, if he knows what Cameron's doing and I, he can tell that I think Cameron's doing something else or something or, you know, whatever, then he'll, he'll kind of interject and sort of intercede on his behalf, I guess. It's cool when it happens. I really like it. It's, it's a yeah. really cool thing to see. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like those are the seeds of what we would consider uh, loyalty. Mm, no. Uh, uh, Elliot's <laughs> a little bit different because he's a single child right now. But if I saw him do that with, with his sibling, I, I would... I would commend that as something good. Yeah, because he's bringing about justice. I would. I would. Say, I, I would. I would not have the same feeling if he did that with a sibling compared to if he did that with some random person on the playground. Uh, so it, it would be just or or whatever in either mm-hmm. situation. But I would feel. I would feel more proud, or I would feel. I would be more willing to commend that action. If it was with his sibling or or even like a really close friend or, or something like that, rather than maybe a stranger. 
I mean, yeah, there's the aspect of relationship in it. Right. Yeah. And that's what I think that's what loyalty is. Right? You that's a, I don't know. I, it's hard because I still haven't defined loyalty in my, I still don't have like a, yeah. the only definition I have for loyalty is loyalty for loyalty's sake. Mm. And I'm not, and I, I would love a rebranding of loyalty in my head, but I just haven't been convinced thus far. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. I mean, I've sort of referenced this earlier, but I'm not, I'm not getting super hung up on the actual word itself, but more mm. so what can we do? to instill within our children what we think loyalty should be so how do we instill that with with our children to help them be be good examples to be witnesses of the gospel to be christ-like to to other people how i would kind of put it in a framework that you could understand a little better dan is there's maybe three tiers of loyalty help me out three categories one would be i would say loyalty to yourself so the definition that I read was giving, giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or an institution. And I would say everybody in the world shows loyalty to themselves. That, that's what like selfish ambition is or that's what self-interest is, right? Every human is naturally in our fallen selves loyal to themselves. They will show firm and constant support or allegiance to themselves. So then the second tier would be showing firm or constant support or allegiance to maybe other people or other things in the world like a country or a brother and sister or your family or bad Damon going into a, a fight, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why there seems to be some kind of virtuous feeling about that is because it's sort of like the first step of someone thinking outside of themselves. Sure. Someone saying, I'm not, maybe not the most important thing and I will show support to something that isn't just me. Uh, and yeah. I think we would all say that's that's kind of a good thing, right? That, that's like a step in the right direction to to look outside of your own self, your own interests, your own self interest, to be loyal to something greater than yourself, to f- show firm and constant support to something other than just you, would be a, kind sure. of a good thing. But where that becomes tricky is when your friend in a bar is being dumb and has done something dumb that isn't right that you don't feel like should be supported because of your ultimate loyalty, which is the third category to like God and His definition of right and wrong and his values and principles and love and that kind of stuff and so then that's when those two those the like the the top tier and the middle tier can kind of contra conflict with each other which is when god's values and the other person that you're normally loyal to which is friends family country or whatever those two don't don't align then it gets tricky Mm. and then and, and then i think that's when it makes people feel like loyalty is a bad thing or it maybe makes you feel like loyalty is a bad thing I guess the question would be, and maybe this is like a growth question too, just in general of how you approach God and life. But do you feel like you are loyal to God's ways, even when you don't understand or think they're, they're wrong? If I see something in scripture or I think God is a certain way, but I don't, don't understand it or I disagree, I'm not very loyal, I, I would say. because. Nobody's going to be loyal to a God that they disagree with, even if they act like it. Like their heart is still going to be in a place where you're not fully bought in. I feel like that's where faith would come in or where I would maybe substitute the word loyalty for faith. 
Even when I don't understand, I know enough about God's character. I, I've experienced God enough in my relationship with him that when I come across something that I don't understand or or even that that I don't agree with, that I say, all right, I'll look back on who you are, who you say you are, what my experience is with you, and I will have faith that it will come out to my benefit. Or that maybe maybe that that's even too I don't know selfish of a way to put it, but it it will come out in a way where I am more connected with you, God. <laughs> I'm sure you could have captured that eye roll. Uh, I had to make it sound more uh, more just. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like I I agree, but then. Like we all sin, right? I sin daily, so I, I don't know. Like yeah, so yeah. My so I I have had this exact conversation with my dad because he would, his response to a lot of those questions is what Jake said, which is, hey, I don't know, I just have faith, and I've seen God in the past. I trust Him in the future. I don't need to understand, and mm-hmm. or you could call it loyalty, right? Like I just I just trust, and there's a lot of validity to that because, obviously. Logically, we will never be able to comprehend all the mysteries of God and understand the depth of his character and his nature. So there's plenty of things that we just will have to trust. What I don't like about that attitude, or where I think that attitude can get taken too far, is if you think that means then, well, well, understanding doesn't matter then. Like I read this in the scriptures and it doesn't make sense and I don't quite understand why it's good. I don't really think that's the right thing. It's not clear to me. Like some people might give you the response well just be loyal just have faith and don't question and just believe it my pushback to that is i don't think god has any problem with us questioning and with us saying i don't understand this and i would really like to and it would really help me (laughs) be more loyal and and believe the thing more and yeah be more loyal to this thing you're calling me to if i understood it Hmm. and i think that's i think that's in his heart uh i think he looks upon that with a lot of favor and I think he's really willing and faithful to actually give wisdom and insight when you when you act like that. You know, now yeah. if it's done in like a belligerent way, like, well, yeah, I understand, yeah, yeah. so I'm not going to, you know, obviously th- that's a different thing. Yeah. But I think there's a healthy blend of those two ideas where we can have faith in the things we don't understand because we'll never understand everything. But if there's something that we don't understand and we'd like to, I don't think God's calling us to this this unknowing unthinking, unquestioning loyalty to him. I mean, he is calling us to that, but I don't think he also minds in that for for pursuing a deeper, more full, yeah, I guess, understanding or revelation of who he is. In that pressing in to understand, that that's still going off of something about this character uh, that, that you've already experienced, that, that you know. And so you, you yeah. are, like, in a certain aspect, you're, you're still not understanding but then when you do press in, you are you are being loyal or you are being faithful to a certain part of this character, knowing that he will reveal what, what, whatever your question is. Yeah, that's true. Does that answer your question, Dan, or is that, does that not get at what, what you were actually going for? It does. I just feel like, yeah, I just feel like exactly your response where this concept of like blind loyalty hinders understanding, growth, relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have the same question. 
Because like if somebody if somebody was just to be loyal to me without understanding my heart, I wouldn't feel like we're even in a relationship almost. Mm. Yeah, sure, that's a good point. And so like to me, that seems like quite a big question for God. Like, am I? Are you just like following these commands? Like, do you know me? Yeah. This conversation has really gone off the rails. Because <laughs> I'm still I'm still stuck at no, being convinced uh, that loyalties even like. The word itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think loyalty is essentially like, it's it's sort of almost like a certain magnitude of support that you show someone. You can be a friend to someone when it's easy. You become a loyal friend when it becomes hard, when they go through something difficult, when there's some challenge to your to your friendship, right? And you stick it out underneath the umbrella of God's will and you continue in your friendship and you don't bail out. To me, it's like, it's just like a magnifier kind of or a multiplier of or a, a sort of an indicator of the level of difficulty that that friendship or that relationship requires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think which is why I think you could say that anyone who remains with their spouse for any number of years and is faithful to them is will be called a loyal spouse because every marriage <laughs> is challenging. You know, it's like every yeah, marriage yeah. is difficult to stick with. Right. It's not it's never an easy road. So everyone would kind of earn almost the title of loyal because everyone that stays married shows firm and constant support or allegiance to that person, you know, in their life, their husband or wife. Mm -hmm. So yeah, to to me, it's almost just kind of like, it's just an adjective that that denotes some kind of special accomplishment sort of, I guess, in a relationship. (laughs) Maybe accomplishment's not the right, not the right word. Uh, I mean, like marriage does seem to be one of the places that I feel I would view like loyalty within marriage as a positive thing, even if it is against a moderate amount of reason, I could see that. And I mean, I think that's, that's the whole idea. That's what, that's what God's called people to is like, that's what a covenant is. It's a declaration of loyalty to show firm and constant support to someone. And then, but even within that, obviously in the scriptures, God gave an out where that's actually not what I want. I actually don't want you to be loyal to this person. And that's for, you know, marital infidelity or war. Yeah. And so he's like, loyalty is good under my umbrella in all these cases, except where I don't want you to be loyal to that person. Yeah, uh, sure. But it's a, it's a pretty, you know, pretty wide swath of situations that you're in as, as a married person where God's called you to be loyal to that person. So I feel like this is a great conversation to ask then. Is there anything that you would uh, bet your salvation on? <laughs> <laughs> I think we uh, stamped down a lot of concrete, plant our flags and, on this topic. I would bet my salvation on uh, the statement that <laughs> we're all called to be fully loyal to God. Yeah, that that would be my only uh, bet my salvation. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be my salvation then at that point. Uh, it's always the smart bet. Bet on the thing uh-huh. that determines whether or not you get the reward or not. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else. I mean, I didn't really agree to anything <laughs> in the conversation, so. <laughs> exactly. I had my doubts about this topic when we first started, but then, uh, then then we got the ball rolling. I feel like we discovered almost nothing on this podcast. This is like the <laughs> ideal like podcast for me, yeah. at least from my perspective, yeah. of like learning nothing but thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. That's wait, that you're saying that's ideal. <laughs> no, no, no. Like this is like oh, the oh. exemplary example of like us not teaching anything and just me oh. asking a bunch of questions. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I love it. Yeah. I love I love not telling people what to think. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, I gotta sleep. All right. But thanks for chatting, guys. That was fun. Yeah, good uh, talk. Yeah, it was. All right, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it at least made you think. I guess that's uh, the most we can ask for, really. Uh, I'm pretty excited about next week because we are going to have on our friend Natalie, who her and her husband Dan have grown their family uh, in a really unique way. They've adopted two children from the Congo, one child domestically, and then they're in the process of adopting a fourth child, I think, domestically as well. And so we're going to have her on and ask her a bunch of questions about adoption. Uh, she's also works in that field as well as part of her career. So she's really, really knowledgeable. Uh, and she's just really thoughtful and insightful uh, in general. So I'm excited for what she's going to have to say about that. So if you're interested in adoption, that would be an episode definitely not to miss. So that's it. Thanks so much. We'll see you again next week. I feel like we discovered almost nothing on this podcast. Dog soil. And so loyalty obviously has to be good.